Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs brokerage, trade-managed solutions, freight forwarding, trade technologies, and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kouse, Marketing Coordinator at Buckland, and today I'm speaking with our guest, Chris Borganis. Chris is the supervisor for classification in our compliance services office in Southfield, Michigan, and has been with Buckland for three years. Chris is a licensed customs broker and holds his certified customs specialist designation. Chris focuses on classification and specializes in OEM automotive, aftermarket machinery, and testing apparatuses. Today, Chris and I are going to discuss the U.S. steel and aluminum tariffs that have been in the headlines as of late. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Hi, Jenny. It's great to be joining you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. So without any uh, further delay, I want to get right into this and discuss uh, what's been happening in the news. Uh, For anybody that follows international trade, they will have seen that there has been a lot going on regarding the steel and aluminum tariffs that have come into play uh, over the last month. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, we saw some some moves being made at the end of March, um, specifically around steel and aluminum, um, where the President Trump enacted um, Section 232, uh, which essentially – he enacted Section 232, which gave him the authority to, when he saw um, national security be threatened, um, to, you know, to interact and enact some tariffs on steel and aluminum, um, specifically, okay. you know, a 25% tariff rate in action on, on some steel tariffs and a 15% tariff rate in action on some aluminum tariffs. Absolutely. And that's definitely that 25% tariffs is what has been really featured heavily in the headlines that we've seen. And at Buckland, we know that this is something that our customers who are in these industries are concerned about and want to be aware of. So we're hoping that this podcast today will give you an overview and an idea of what is happening. I just want to quickly go over some of the things that we're going to be talking about today, Chris. And uh, so first, we're going to focus on an introduction and history of what's been happening in regards to this. Next, we're going to move into um, overall talking about what is the what is the plan and and the discussions uh, about why and uh, the idea that they're combating what's happening in China. And third, we would move into discussing Section 232 with those tariffs on aluminum and steel. And uh, then we're going to wrap it up with section 301 and talk about that. Does that sound like a great scope for our conversation? Yeah, that sounds great. I think that will cover everything kind of going on in the the news today. Great. Excellent. So uh, we're starting with introduction and history. So we just a moment ago spoke about what's been happening and you were, you explained very well uh, what has happened to date over the past uh, little while here. And, the 232, which is the steel and aluminum for all countries. Do you want to speak a little bit more about that? Um, so, yeah. So, you know, one thing that I can add on Section 232 is this, uh, the authority from it comes from the, the national or the 
Trade Act of 1962. Um, and this specifically gives the president the authority um, to investigate and then if threatened or, or deemed to be damaging, um, you know, put measures in place against anything that threatens national security, which was intentionally left broad, um, you know, which, which is interesting because, you know, we now see this, you know, close to 40 years later, um, you know, where this broad threat is being interpreted um, and then acted upon. So they're seeing this as a, a national security threat, the steel that's coming in. Yeah, so, so for the idea of steel, um, you know, President Trump's gone on record a few times basically saying that um, because of the, the cheap cost of steel coming from China, um, he views it as a national security threat against America's industrial base. Um, okay. Specifically, there's been some talk about, you know, the steel that's used for, you know, national security and, and defense in the military um, and those mm -hmm. different, you know, sectors. Absolutely. I think when we all think about national security uh, and, and the types of conversations that happen around that, you know, steel and imports aren't necessarily what we're thinking about, but it's interesting that because this was left wide open, uh, you know, that can be interpreted in different ways. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's, it's, it's a good way to see how things change over time as well. And in perception of, of, you know, what is defined as national security changes over time as well. Absolutely. The next point that we have planned to talk about was, and this leads in perfectly, is the overall kind of plan of combating China. Um, and I understand that this is part of that conversation around nas national security, uh, but I also understand it has something to do with intellectual property. Yeah, so, you know, we've seen Section 232 be enacted, um, and we're also, you know, seeing the inaction of Section 301, um, which which is a, a slightly, you know, it's different in actions, uh, where 232, which was the steel and aluminum that we've been talking about, um, it affects steel and aluminum coming into the U.S. from all countries. Uh, the U.S. is also, you know, worried about intellectual property, uh, or you'll, you'll hear it referred to as IP colloquially um, with China as well. Um, and mm -hmm. so there's 301 measures going in place that are specifically against China um, in order to, you know, protect United States intellectual property. Um, you know, the, the specific idea, the, the problem um, that the U.S. sees is that when the U.S. is going into China right now or U.S. multinational companies are going into China right now, um, China is kind of forcing them to, to partner up with Chinese firms. Um, and there's been some some issues with intellectual property um, between the American and the Chinese firm in these agreements um, where, you know, basically property, you know, it, they're basically signing over rights to property to a Chinese firm, um, which, you know, could lose the U.S.'s leg up um, into the IP sense, uh, which is what the U.S. is trying to combat against in Section 301. So the next section we talked about was Section 232, the tariff on aluminum steel. So let's get into that and say, uh, looking at what tariffs are included in that scope. Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the tariff schedule, the harmonized tariff schedule for the U.S. is, is broken out in 99 chapters. Uh, in general, you know, chapter one is the more or less defined good. So you'll see agriculture at the beginning through chapter, you know, 99 or or chapter, the higher chapters um, feature heavier machinery. Um, there's some specific tariff numbers that are in chapter 72 and 73, which both cover steel 
and in Chapter 76, which covers aluminum. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so, so how it works specifically is, you know, every item is assigned a specific number, you know, that's 10 digits in this section. Um, and so the U.S. has called out, you know, some very specific numbers in these chapters that, that can be used to, to say that these are the items that the tariffs are going to be enacted on. Absolutely. Now, uh, just as an aside, Chris, if people who are listening are want to know a little bit more information about the harmonized system that we are talking about uh, and the, the document that this is, and you know, for both virtual and on paper, uh, please go to the Buckland website on the learning section. So that would be buckland.com. And you'll see at the top of the, the website, there is a button that says learning. If you click on that, there are a number of resources that are available. One of these is the guide to the harmonized system. And if you take a look at that, you can download it and it'll give you all sorts of information about the harmonized system that we're talking about. So feel free to check that out at buckland.com under learning. Sorry to interrupt you, Chris. I just wanted to make sure that we uh, discussed that so that if anybody was looking for more information that they could locate that. Not a problem. I really want our listeners to have some of those resources. Absolutely. So the list itself, the HS codes, um, you know, aside from obviously going to the Buckland website to find that, what are some other ways that people, where would they find that? Um, you know, it's the most the easiest way, I think, is, um, you know, if you, one, your broker, um, the person who's going to be filing your entry on your behalf, um, whether it's Buckland or another brokerage firm, um, they're going to have access to those specific codes as they file your entry in, in the ACE system. Um, so it's going to flag it for them um, okay. automatically. Uh, the other way is just kind of searching through um, the Internet sources and reading, you know, the large documents that, that the uh, – Trade Commission has, has created. Absolutely. I don't know if you want me to repeat any of that. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I'll splice some stuff in here. If uh, anyone is interested in seeing the list of the portions of these chapters that are impacted, please visit the Buckland website under News. You'll find articles there regarding the aluminum and steel tariffs. And in those, we have links to the documents that outline those uh, tariff codes um, and how those are impacted, those HS codes. Uh, so please do uh, feel free to take a look at the Buckland website and go to news to see the full list of uh, the, the tariffs that are impacted by that. So who is impacted? I know that this will uh, you know, relate to those who are dealing with steel and aluminum and who, what countries would, are impacted by these tariffs. Yeah, so um, as of right now, there are, are some temporary exclusions in place, um, okay. as well as one permanent exclusion in place. Um, and so the permanent exclusion in place is, is actually Korea. Um, oh. Korea has worked with the United States, and um, you know the, the U.S. had granted Korea temporary exclusion. Um, and this is South Korea, by the way, um, so okay. it would be ROC, the Republic of Korea. Um, and so the U.S. has granted... Um, Republic of Korea an exclusion uh, based on the fact that, you know, Korea has put in some voluntary quotas in place. Um, so what this means is basically Korea has agreed that they are going to export less steel um, than they had been, about 30% less than they had been uh, the last two years to the U.S. under this agreement, but all of the steel coming in will not be affected by these duty rates. In terms of 
you know, other exclusions. There are temporary exclusions in place um, for the European Union um, and for, you know, NAFTA countries, which is Canada and Mexico, um, and for Brazil, Argentina, and Australia. Um, we're just in a, a place now where the U.S. is trying to, to make a push um, from these temporary exclusions into setting in quota systems, kind of like Korea agreed to for these other countries. Um, so the U.S. announced that they do have agreements with Argentina, Australia, and Brazil, um, where Argentina and Australia confirmed this. Uh, Brazil said that as of right now, they, you know, they don't necessarily agree. Um, so, you know, we're we're waiting to see how that that plays out. It appears that you know Brazil is going to be you know doing something to an effect of potentially having uh, the 10% tariffs on aluminum, but enacting steel quotas themselves. Um, the EU is also saying that you know they're they've been talking to the U.S., but there hasn't been much ground made. Um, the European Union specifically has said that if they enact these, if the U.S. enacts these tariffs against them, um, they're going to do targeted tariffs on blue jeans, bourbon, uh, motorcycles, and some other, you know, really interestingly targeted tariffs on U.S. Um, U.S. goods. Yeah, those are very specific. Yeah, um, so you know, it's you can read some some really interesting analysis on it, um, but the gist is that those are some some major goods um, made for each state of some major um, GOP players in Congress, uh, and so the gotcha. idea is to to affect the specific um, you know GOP members that are letting this go into effect. So more about the uh, can, the Canadian and Mexican aspect of this and how it relates to NAFTA. Yeah, so that, that is something that's continually evolving. Um, when the first set of temporary exclusions were you know, passed by President Trump, uh, he essentially said that Canada and Mexico's you know, temporary exclusion from you know, the steel and aluminum tariffs was linked to a successful renegotiation of NAFTA. Um, and that has been reiterated a couple times. So, you know, publicly, that is at least what is going on. However, in some recent press briefings um, from the first week of May, uh, the administration also said that, you know, Canada and Mexico's renegotiation of NAFTA might not be the only thing in play. They, mm. The administration might also want them to enact some quotas as well. Um, so on that end, uh, you know, I guess we'll, we'll wait and see how this plays out. Um, but, you know, Prime Minister Trudeau and President Trump have both said that they believe permanent exclusions you know, will be enacted and put into play. Great. The next part that we said we were going to talk about is Section 301. So let's get into that. Uh, what is within the scope for Section 301? Yeah, so um, we're for steel and aluminum, we had you know, some very specific tariffs in a couple chapters of um, the harmonized tariff schedule. Section 301 is, is much more all across the board. Um, it ranges from medical items to furniture to machinery to automotive parts. Um, in total, there's about 1,300 individual tariffs um, that, that are affected um, in a wide range of items. Wow. That is a wide range. Okay. So uh, is this, what is this an issue of with, uh, with this topic? Um, I've seen somewhere that this is a matter of intellectual property. Is that correct? Yeah. So this is also, you know, this is aimed at China. 
um, and you know this goes into kind of what I was talking about before, where the the Chinese companies are partnering with American firms, and American firms are are signing over, um, you know, the ability to use American companies' intellectual property. Um, the difference, you know, here that we're seeing from when we were talking about steel and aluminum earlier, is that the steel and aluminum tariffs um, it affected, you know, steel and aluminum coming into the U.S. from any country. Um, this was done by the U.S. in attempt for, uh, you know, to to negate transshipments um, or you know minor repurposing of goods, which would essentially be um, if someone in Germany, for example, bought Chinese steel, um, you know, and turned it into a screw and then sent it to the U.S. Um, you know, that's why the steel and aluminum was was targeted for you know multiple uh, tariffs. Uh, but here, when, with Section 301, we're working specifically on, you know, combating the intellectual property turnover, um, which is why, you know, it's only to China, and it's it's on a much wider uh, range of tariffs themselves. Absolutely. And as this has all been unfolding, a lot of the headlines that I'm seeing are talking about a trade war between the U.S. and China. Um you know, there's a lot of speculation. Is it really leading to a trade war? Are we already in one? Is that all, you know, a myth? Is it just hype? What's your take on that? Yeah. So, I mean, I can say that, that I, you know, I wouldn't say we're in a trade war yet. Um, and I wouldn't say a trade war is, is definitely going to happen. Um, you know, what I could say is, you know, China has threatened to retaliate uh, to the U.S. tariffs, um, mm-hmm. again, on some very specific items. Um, so, you know, China said that they're going to, you know, um, put tariffs on soy, on cars, on corn, um, on aircraft uh, wow. imports into China if these are put in place. Um, so, you know, China said they're going to retaliate. But, you know, right now the, the U.S. has, has basically say, saying that they're going to hold firm um, and even – you know, if China retaliates and act additional tariffs. Um, so, you know, that's where the idea and the, the fear of the trade war comes into play. Um, but the two sides are still talking. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not quite there yet. Great. And I understand the two countries met in the first week of May, um, and we're mostly just talking about what the individual demands were from the Chinese side and the U.S. side. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right, Jenny. Um, you know, the U.S. really the the main goal for the U.S. is to strengthen the IP, uh, the intellectual property protection, and uh, for the U.S. you know trade you know the trade balance with China to to move in the U.S.'s favor. Um, U.S. also is talking about you know Chinese subsidies, um, but you know those those first two are, are what I see as the U.S.'s main goals. But China has some goals of their own. Um, hmm. that, that they essentially expressed in, this, in, in the negotiations. Um, they want, you know, U.S. to soften export regulations on some high-tech electronic devices. Um, they want increased access to certain American markets. Uh, and, and they want, you know, the increased ability to form ventures with U.S. companies, which is interesting because that's it, as an exact dichotomy to one of the U.S.'s wants where, you know, they don't want to have to argue companies to have to form these agreements. Um, and China also wants the increased, you know, access to the U.S. market to, you know, the U.S. has, has said um, that they're going to, to block some major tech mergers um, 
between Chinese companies and American firms or buyout of American firms by Chinese companies. Uh, and China's also looking looking to, you know, to stop that. For those companies who are impacted by these tariffs, uh, potential ongoing tariffs, as a compliance professional, what would you be recommending to these uh, individuals and companies? Yeah, so so the first thing that I would recommend would be to to collect and pull all the information you have on hand. Uh, you know, that could be your entry information on your imports. It could be, you know, pulling uh, your commodity classification codes and, and country of origin information on file. Um, and then I would, you know, take a deep dive into that information um, or, or reach out to, you know, someone like Buckland and our team. Um, what we can do is we can, you know, look at the information on hand and, you know, basically give you a full scope of everything that will be affected. Um, if you pair that with entry data and, and values, you know, you can have a, a complete estimate on, you know, where you expect your, your costs to go up under the current regulations. Um, one thing that, you know, the only thing I can caution or would caution is that, you know, we and, and others, can, you know, you can find the, the direct the direct results of what's going on. You can see, you know, if this item has a 25% duty, you know, we can pull up the reports to tell you how much more it's going to cost you to get in. Uh, you know, the one one thing I would caution is there are indirect results to this. Um, you know, if you source your steel from an American company today, um, you know, you're likely going to see your prices going up because there's going to be a higher demand for American steel. Um, so, you know, those are some of the indirect results. Uh, and, and that is going to be more of a time. It's going to, you know, be talking to your vendors, talking to your supply chain, um, and, and, you know, just having that communication and, and letting, you know, things work out a little bit where everyone can, you know, can talk and, and figure out to what extent they're going to be affected. Absolutely. This sounds to me like it is one of those times when you want to be sure that you have professional opinion and you know what the impact is going to be on you so that you're not caught off guard when the final decisions are released in the news. You want to have a proactive approach uh, to know what's going on. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, you know, it's it's one thing to, you know, have the the professional, you know, opinion and professional feedback. But I, I think uh, it's more important to have those conversations and, you know, someone on your side in your court, uh, you know, before these tariffs are in effect, you know, Absolutely. it's nice to, to have someone that can, you know, pull that information for you before it's going to be in effect so you know specifically, you know, where you're going to be hit, uh, you know, before mm -hmm. they're even enacted. And uh, that's one thing that we try and do here at Buckland. Thank you so much, Chris. I have so appreciated this conversation and you sharing the wealth of knowledge that you have on this topic. And I know you're a very busy person. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah, not a problem, Jenny. It was my pleasure. That's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our guest, Chris Borganis, for joining us and for sharing his expertise. If you're looking for resources related to international trade, please visit the Buckland website at buckland.com and check out the learning guides section for downloadable resources ranging from Incoterms reference charts, tips for avoiding border delays, things to keep in mind when choosing a broker, and much more. Please feel free to reach out to us by visiting the Contact Us page on the Buckland.com site for more information or to receive a quote today. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast and be sure to tune in again and subscribe 
for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in between in the world of logistics and international trade.